Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, new for the week of February the 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by my co-host, Sports Illustrated beat writer, Skylar Callahan. And we are brought to you by the fine folks at Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue their march into the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Believe to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, got a lot to get to here. Uh, some Panthers news and notes. We'll start off with, of course, with it being the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Uh, the the Brian Flores lawsuit that dropped yesterday. We'll we'll get into that. Uh, there's a Super Bowl that's going to be played in about a week or so. The Rams and the Bengals are the two representatives from the NFC and the AFC. We'll we'll touch on that, but we'll get more into a preview of that game next week um and and more so we'll we'll get into all of this but uh first uh skylar if you can give us an update on panther hirings this week i know that they hired a new special teams coach and actually there's been some movement in the front office as well yeah so they the two coaching hires are very respected coaches and i i cannot believe that that matt rule has been able to pull this off and i know a lot of people are going to throw some shade his way for some of the coaching hires that he made initially and some of the personnel decisions he's made over the last two years. But you have to give the man credit where it's due, and he knocked it out of the park. I mean, I get the the offensive coordinator, you know, with, with Ben McAdoo, that wasn't necessarily a popular signing, but I think there's more people starting to kind of come around to it and are starting to actually like the thought of it now that they've kind of had it some time to digest it. Now it's really starting to line up because you bring in an offensive line coach in James Campen who has years of experience in the NFL. He started back in 2004 with the Green Bay Packers as, as an assistant and a quality control coach, and he was the, the offensive line coach from the pack, for the Packers from 2007 all the way up through 2018. So he's been with the Packers for a long time. He's a guy that Aaron Rodgers raves about and has – 
they they even did a little short NFL film on him about it was like a seven or eight minute video. I think the Panthers actually retweeted it. If you haven't checked it out, go look at it because this guy, <laughs> this is exactly what the Panthers need, and it's it's a guy that is very serious about football. He's going to tell you exactly what needs to be done. He's not going to be sugarcoating anything, but at the same time. He's a very funny dude. He's very relaxed. He's he's a guy that likes to joke around a little bit. And you'll see that if you go watch that video. Um, like I said, I think the Panthers retweeted the video. But it, he's just got a really good personality. The players take to him well. And those, those guys that he coached in Green Bay, those weren't top-of-the-line draft picks. Those were guys that they really had to develop in the, from the middle rounds and late rounds. Some even undrafted guys, and he got seven pro bowlers or seven all pros. I can't remember which one it was out of that group over those years. So, this is a perfect signing for them uh, for the offensive line. That's what they need to concentrate on. And then, the, the special teams coordinator, Chris Tabor, he's coming from the Chicago Bears. He's been there since 2018. He's also been with the Browns, uh, had actually another stint with the Bears back in 20, oh, or 2008 to 2010. So he's been around the league for a while as well and is one of the, I would say, the top special teams coordinators over the last probably 10 years in terms of having top 10 units. So very good, solid hirings for for Matt Rule for given the situation that he's in. Yeah, it's 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 the the staff that he's building, it it does at least feel like Matt Rule's been listening, that people felt like yeah. he needed uh some pro minds on that staff i can't help but wonder though with other stuff that's going on around the league if some of these hires are kind of made more because uh coaches are kind of staying away from the panthers not knowing what's going to happen uh perfect example pep hamilton pep hamilton's interviewing or interviewed for the i think it was the was it the colts i think it was the colts no it was the bears i think it was uh the chicago bears offensive coordinator position he went and interviewed for that when we all have sat here and talked about the fact that he was the guy we wanted and he turned us down and at the time we thought it was well he's with the texans he's the quarterback coach there maybe he's got an opportunity to move up they just fired the head coach no it looks like he didn't want to come here <laughs> he didn't want to come to <laughs> carolina which is odd cuz he he's from charlotte he could have came home uh, to me, that tells me that the, the situation with Matt Rule is far from a, a done deal. It looks like they're going to allow him to go through the offseason, continue to build the roster, things of that sort. But if this goes south early uh, in year three, I don't know if Rule's going to make it through the year. That's a hot seat to be sitting on knowing that going into the season. I imagine that's going to affect draft picks. That's going to affect the free agency, the guys he brings in, because he's not really coaching for four years down the road. He's coaching for like right now, and it doesn't really help him that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl when they won four games the year before, and uh, it, it only took them like a year and a half to rebuild that roster to the point where they went through the AFC. So I don't know about this whole, you know, it took Jay-Z seven years to build a dynasty type stuff. Well, it took Cincinnati a year and some change to, <laughs> to get to the Super Bowl. So people are going to start getting antsy about – what the what the Panthers are doing with some of these hires? Speaking yeah, I gotta, of, I gotta say oh, that go because the, the one thing that I don't want people to get to is kind of like you said that is getting antsy because the Bengals did it. Now, look, there's been three teams in the history of the NFL: the 81 49ers, the 03 Panthers, and this year the Bengals 
that have went from having the worst record in the NFL to a Super Bowl appearance in less or in two years. That's it. It's never happened any any other time outside of those three occasions. So I think this is kind of more of the exception than it is the rule. And I don't want people to get their expectations in saying, well, they, they need to turn it around by – like they need to be in the Super Bowl by year three. That's that's not realistic. And I think what Matt Rule was trying to get out of that that Jay-Z statement, and he just – let's be honest, he, he butchered the way he, his messaging was coming across with it. But the, his whole idea is these things take time. It's not – like them turning into the Bengals, like that that's not something that happens very often. Usually these things take five, six, seven years to really build up. These these rapid rebuilds don't really happen unless there's a special player leading your team like a Joe Burrow or a, a Patrick Mahomes, which they were kind of already built. But that's what I'm saying. Like these things take time. Usually you kind of have to get the team in place and then the quarterback, but – Again, Joe Burrow is is kind of defying the odds here when you get the quarterback before the team. But I think that's what he was trying to get to is like you can't just expect things to be all hunky-dory by year three. That's not what's going to happen. This is a long-term process. And outside of those three teams, it's been the same thing for years and years and years where it has taken multiple years for anyone to get to that level. I mean, the – the, the Browns are a really good example. How many years did it take them to, to really get going and finally get the, the team that they need and finally make the playoffs? And they went through a million head coaches to do so, but they probably didn't give those guys time to, to really build it up. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree uh, with all of that. So it's, it's a waiting game for sure. You can't expect them to flip it around eight months or whatever, although, there, I mean, it has happened, but – and look uh, at the Bengals. They're, Zach Taylor was six twenty-five and one in right. those two years. I think so, if anything, it sh- it really shows how important it is to nail that quarterback pick because if they don't have Joe yeah, Burrow, yeah. they're not. You know, like it exactly. really comes down to that. A, a great quarterback can can hide the warts of uh, an average coach, I guess you could say, and that they got the number one pick in the draft, Joe Burrow, and they haven't looked back. Um, and same way, like the Rams got their guy there too. So. Yeah, I think that's a great point because not only are the Panthers going to be looking at quarterbacks, but we don't know, are they going to be looking at younger guys or are they going to really try and go and push their chips all in the middle of the table and go for maybe Deshaun Watson pops up on the board. I know a lot of people don't want that, but I'm saying it's, it could be a possibility. Jimmy Garoppolo is a, a potential replacement for Sam Darnold. Like there's, there's other guys out there, Kirk Cousins. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But if they go out and nail a, a deal this year where they can bring in a veteran quarterback that can really change the game, I mean, then you could say, yeah, the Panthers are in that same situation as the Bengals by in, that in year three they should be pushing, you know, deep into the playoffs. But it's going to take that one guy to, for it to happen. But I agree. Like, you, this is why I've been saying you give the guy year three because if he's able to go and get that quarterback – now everything's forgotten about. Yeah, which brings up an interesting uh, situation here. Uh, 49ers starting quarterback uh, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo, clearly is going to be traded. Uh, he's basically talking as if it's, he's done with his tenure with the 49ers, uh, basically thanking the fans. Uh, Jimmy just wins football games. I'll bring up the question that's inevitable um, 
amongst Panther fans. Should the Panthers put together a package for Jimmy Garoppolo? And if so, what exactly should that package be? Because I'm, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Jimmy G's stats here, and they're not that bad. He, I mean, you got to remember he hadn't played, but maybe what three years, three full seasons? Because that one year he got hurt uh, when he got to the 49ers, and he sat behind Tom Brady for a couple years before he left New England. He um. He's not, he's, it's, it's not that bad. He's played 63 games. Uh, he's a 67.7 completion percentage thrower. Uh, throws about eight, 8.4 yards attempt. He's got 71 touchdowns to 38 interceptions. Um, it, it, I, at first, I was kind of balking at it. Like, ah, I don't know if I want to do something like that. But now that I'm kind of looking at his stats and knowing that Ben McAdoo has been hired as the offensive coordinator, it kind of makes me look at it differently what are your thoughts here? Should they trade for Garoppolo? Cause he might be the best option in terms of age, in terms of experience, uh, in terms of you almost kind of want a game manager, but you want a guy that, you know, has been there. Uh, he kind of checks all the boxes. So I'm kind of talking myself into maybe pursuing him. Cause I don't know if a guy like Deshaun Watson is really going to be available for Carolina or if we should even try to go get him. What are your thoughts on the Jimmy G situation out of San Francisco? You know, I, I think it's, it's definitely a possibility, but when you start to really look into the, the money aspect of it, I don't know if it if it makes much sense because Jimmy, if I, I, I could be wrong, I think he's owed like what close to thirty million dollars, or uh, I'm maybe thinking of somebody else. But, but I'm pretty sure he's owed a ton of money, and I don't know if it makes much sense to go out and get a guy like that when you're already tight against the cap. You've got to resign Hassan Reddick. You'd like to bring back either Dante Jackson or Stephon Gilmore. And then you also have to invest into the offensive line. So there's just so many areas for this team that they, they've got to distribute their money to. And I don't know if they want to pay that much for a quarterback that is kind of like, yes, he's good, but is he really going to get them over the hump? Like, I don't know that that's the case. So I think – Like, will they win because of Jimmy right. of, in spite of Jimmy? And, yeah. and I don't think this team is, is also to a point to where they are like the 49ers and they can win with average quarterback play. They need that quarterback play to be somewhat decent. You know what I mean? Like better than better than decent to really get this team to the playoffs. So I don't think that's where they're going to go, but I, I've been wrong many, many times before. <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, – well, Jimmy has one year left on the $137 million contract extension he signed with the 49ers with a five-year deal uh runs through the end of 2022 his base salary or actually let's see base salary was 24 uh, million signing bonus roster bonus workout bonus comes out to like 25.5 million uh, for next year (laughs) that's a lot considering they're still paying uh teddy bridgewater i'm pretty sure they'd still be paying sam they're paying sam Darnold 18 million next year if i'm not mistaken yeah, uh, I think they're still paying Cam Newton, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah, that'd be a lot of money to throw into one position and still not know for sure what you have. Um, the forty the forty nine ers in the meanwhile, it's only going to be one point four million in dead cap space if they do let him go. So they did structure this deal uh, top heavy um, the first couple of years in particular. So yeah, it's out there. He'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2023 he will be 31 years of age uh next season um i I wanted to mention a theory that larry frank who actually hosts frankly speaking sports on tobacco road sports radio in the mornings had brought up on my my uh, radio show last weekend and it was the idea of aaron Rodgers coming to carolina 
which we all laughed at when he first mentioned it. And then he started going in on reasons how it could go down. And we were like, you know what? That doesn't sound so crazy. Like when you when you start looking at it, change of pace, change of scenery, all the offensive pieces are there except for the offensive line. Uh, but you could bring guys with him. And the relationship he has with Ben McAdoo, there's a relationship there with McAdoo and Rodgers. Is there any way in your mind you could see Aaron Rodgers in a Carolina Panthers uniform next year? I want to say no just because it sounds so silly to think about, right? I mean, first of all, it just yeah. sounds silly to think of him in any other uniform than Green Bay. But then you really start to think, like, no one thought there was any chance in hell that Tom Brady would leave New England. Like, I kind of see this in the same situation because, like, Tom, no one thought Tom would leave New England, number one. And if he did, no one even considered Tampa Bay to be a landing spot. Like, Tampa Bay at the time was like – a team with a lot of young talent, but it was just like, what? You know what I mean? Like when he went there, it was like he could have went to San Francisco. He could have went here. He could have went there. But Tampa Bay, that's where he went. And in year one, he took him to the Super Bowl one, obviously. But you look at Aaron Rodgers' connections. Look at the guys that the Panthers have hired. Ben McAdoo spent time in Green Bay and is a guy that Aaron Rodgers talked up a lot about when he got the job in New York. You look at James Campen. Again, th- that video that I talked about earlier in the, in this in, the, in our show, he Aaron Rodgers was the one that narrated that video because he said Campy that who they call that's who they call uh James Campen. Campy is his favorite coach of all time. So, I, I mean, I'm just saying like there, there's there's a lot of things that line up here. I'm not going to say that they're going to push their, you know, throw everything at Green Bay to go get them, but crazier things have happened. Yeah. And plus, look at the extenuating factors, too. The NFC South is going to be a complete and utter mess. It's literally there for the taking for somebody uh, with Tom Brady retiring from Tampa, uh, Sean Payton stepping away from the Saints. The Falcons are a dumpster fire. Like, literally, if we had gotten the quarterback situation straight two years ago, the Panthers would probably be the de facto pick to win this division uh, going into 2022. Uh, so that's up in the air. I would imagine Rodgers would – the smart play would be to stay in the NFC because the AFC is loaded with young quarterback talent uh, from Joe Burrow to Pat Mahomes to Josh Allen. Uh, like, places like Denver, where I've heard his name attached to, I don't think that makes a lot of sense because then he'd have to go play – Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs twice a year <laughs> you know like why why go there why make Herbert? <laughs> yeah you know like let's see him at the, the last game of the year instead of you know week eight or whatever um if he stays in the NFC the best division to stay in of course the, you know he the Packers would not like for him to go in the same uh division the way Brett Favre did you know 15 years ago to Minnesota eventually uh although the Vikings may be looking for a quarterback themselves because I don't think they're going to retain um uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, my mind just went blank. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, so I don't know. We'll keep an eye on this. I, I, I honestly, I think the I think the Panthers are going to try to make a huge splash this offseason somehow. I think Tepper's really going to try to stand behind his hire because it, it it makes Tepper look better too if the rule hire actually works. So he's invested in this just as much as anyone else, which is why I think we haven't really heard from him. I think they're going to really try to make a big splash and actually spend more than they probably should. Um, for this the uh the panthers uh head coach matt rule also in the news this week uh, with something that <clears throat> sort of has something to do with him but not really uh jim harbaugh the michigan head coach university of michigan 
it appears as we're taping this, and I probably should go check ESPN before I even say the words out loud because it, it may have already happened. It appears Jim Harbaugh is going to become the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. If that's the case, there was a story uh, that was out not that long ago on the Panthers wire uh, that Panthers head coach Matt Rule reportedly would be on Michigan's wish list to replace Jim Harbaugh. Um a little over a week ago, it was Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule reportedly was keeping an eye on the University of Michigan job. Uh, and according to Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com, Michigan is, has Rule pegged as one of their top contingency plans if Jim Harbaugh makes a return to the NFL. Harbaugh met with the Vikings at 9 a.m. this morning in a second interview. And from all accounts, it sounds like Harbaugh went into that interview thinking he has the job. It's just a matter of... Uh, getting the nuts and bolts of it together or whatnot. What do you make of this story? And what does that mean for Carolina? Like, what would it mean for Carolina if they lost Matt rule at this point in the season where I, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast. I wouldn't have minded having Jim Harbaugh and Charlotte <laughs> as the head coach. That's who I wanted when they hired Matt rule. I wanted them to go back up a Brinks truck to, uh, to Jim Harbaugh's house and be like, come on in here. Instead, they backed up the Brinks truck to Matt rules house and brought him in. But I think, uh, Harbaugh looked at the deal that Rule got and was like, yo, I can, if somebody's going to pay me double because Michigan just cut his pay in half the year before, uh, he's going to look at it and he's looking at it. And I think he's always wanted to get back to the pros, but I want to focus more on the Carolina side here. What would that mean for the Panthers if Matt Rule ends up leaving in like two weeks to take the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings job? Not Man. the Vikings job, excuse me, the, uh, uh, the Michigan Wolverines job. Yeah, man, it would, it would really, and I know people are going to kind of look weird at this when they hear me say this, but I think it's really going to set the Panthers back in terms of what the progress that they're trying to make. And the only reason I say that is because you you go out and you get an OC in Ben McAdoo that has head coaching experience, has play calling experience. You get James Campen, who is a very good offensive line coach. Now, I believe that Campen is actually under contract for three years, so that could be someone that would stay. Even with a new coach, I don't know. But he may also want to leave if that's if that's the case. I, I'm not really sure. But what I think it would do, is, and, and when I say what I think it, it's going to hold them back, because they would be getting into the, these interviews so late into the game. Like, they, they would not really have many guys to choose from. That would be kind of a, a, a big name, if you will. Now, the one guy that has not got – interviews that I know of or that has not been as big of a target this year as he has in years past as Eric Bieniemy. So mm. that would be one guy that I think if if rule were to go, Bieniemy would be my first call only if this stuff with Brian Flores doesn't hold him back from allowing himself to have a job in the NFL because Brian Flores would be number one, then it would be Eric Bieniemy number two. So – Outside of those two guys, I, I don't know if there is another good option out there right now. Maybe in a year from now, but I don't. I don't think it would. They would be kind of reaching for a guy. If you, you kind of like the draft, you know what I mean. Like they're mm -hmm. they would be going for a head coach that maybe not ready for it yet, and they they kind of missed out on that opportunity with, with Brian Dable and uh, and Nathaniel Hackett and some of these other guys. So I don't know. I, I think it's got to be Flores. Number one, the enemy number two, but I think it would kind of put them back if it's not one of those two guys. 
you bring up a very interesting uh, scenario here, and we were going to touch on this, the whole Brian Flores uh, NFL lawsuit situation, and we'll get into that here uh, in just a second. But you bring up an interesting uh, opportunity where, it, honestly, let's say Matt Rule, let's just play what if here, uh, Marvel edition. What if? What if Matt Rule became the Michigan Wolverines head coach? So let's say Matt Rule does take the Michigan Wolverines job. Today was National Signing Day, by the way. The Wolverines have a top 10 signing class, yet uh, Jim Harbaugh's in Minnesota interviewing for that job. That, that doesn't tell you what he would rather do. I don't know what will. So I'm thinking Harbaugh's going to leave. If Harbaugh leaves and let's say they offer Matt Rule money and are able to buy out his contract, uh, which would be pennies for the University of Michigan. At that point, I would think it'd be like 40 million or something like that. They probably could settle something with David Tepper. They're kind of doing Tepper a favor by taking him as opposed to Tepper having to admit he was wrong and firing him. Uh, it would actually work out better for Tepper if Rule ended up leaving for one of those jobs. But would would David Tepper just elevate someone that's on the coaching staff now? Uh, because of it being, you know, early February, or does he go out and get someone like a Brian Flores? Uh, remember, David Tepper is the owner that brought in Eric Reed, who had been blackballed along with Colin Kaepernick uh, from the league. No teams were picking him up to play. This was a Pro Bowl safety that nobody was signing. And David Tepper, one of the first things he did when he became owner of the Panthers was sign Eric Reed. Uh, it was signed off on with Ron Rivera and Marty Herney and everybody else, but it was Tepper's decision basically to, to allow him to come in and play. So for anyone that thinks that David Tepper wouldn't take a look at Brian Flores after what he did in Miami the past two years, after what he just did to the Panthers this year, <laughs> like th that was probably the one game I can remember where it felt like the Panthers couldn't do anything on uh, on offense. And a lot of that was because of Brian Flores. And we'll see if uh, he gets blackballed out of the league. He's kind of he's kind of talking as if he knows he's going to be blackballed out of the league. Yeah. And almost to the point where he kind of felt like, being blackballed out of the league for this was no different than what was already happening to him in the first place, where uh, if you don't know the story, just the nuts and bolts of it, uh, Brian Flores, uh, he uh, head coaching candidate, was the coach of the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins inexplicably let him go, said it had to do with him and Tua and not working out or whatever it may be. But now some stuff's coming out where, like uh, Flores is saying that uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, offered him, I think it was $100,000 for every game they lost in 2019, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I, I don't know if it's illegal per se to do that. Uh, it's morally wrong, but uh, and I don't know if he actually took the money because they lost some games in 2019, but they also went on a win streak, too. And that kind of explains to me why they were winning games in 2019. Uh, and, and I'm surprised that he stayed as long as he did uh, with some of these allegations that are coming out. What are your... Um, initial thoughts on this and let's flesh out this Brian Flores situation a little bit more. Do you think that he would be in play for Carolina? If Matt rule gets the Michigan Wolverine, there's a whole lot of what ifs, <laughs> but yeah. what if Matt got the Michigan job, would Flores be a candidate that we call first? I think as long as they would get assurance and I, and they, as in David Tepper, Scott Fitter and whoever else would be making this decision. If, as long as they could get assurance from the NFL, which is probably not going to happen because it's the NFL, that Flores would be allowed to coach. Now, again, it, what, what I mean like by allowed, like when you go and sue your own company that you work for, that's probably not going to turn out well. And that's why everyone's expecting him not to be able to coach again in the NFL because they may ban him from coaching or something stupid. But 
I, I would say if they have assurance from the NFL that he's he can coach, I do I would expect Brian Flores to be in that in that in that group of candidates for the Panthers if Matt Rule were to leave for Michigan because he has shown that he can he can rebuild a, an organization and and get them rebuilt fairly quickly. And when he he's he's a defensive minded guy and he's already got a really good defense kind of set in place. And he's got some very good young guys on that defensive side. Mm-hmm. Well, like I, my mouth is watering thinking about yeah. you know, having Brian Flores take over this defensive unit where most of the guys are on rookie deals. Uh, hell, he just sent C.J. Henderson up here <laughs> in a trade yeah. like earlier in the year. Um, the one knock that, that Flores does have is that he does not have very good either connections or he doesn't very much focus on the offensive side of the ball in terms of who he hires. So this is what I this is just stuff from what I'm hearing from our Dolphins publisher at SI is that he doesn't really uh he doesn't have the the offensive he doesn't have a knack for hiring good offensive assistants. So that could be the only problem. But I do think you would kind of hope that maybe he keeps Ben McAdoo on. <laughs> and maybe he keeps James Campen on. And I mean, I, I don't know, but you've got to get somebody that can can really elevate both sides of the ball. And if it's not him, maybe, maybe you bring in Eric Bieniemy as the head coach and Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator. Now, again, they're, they're going to have to have s- some sort of connection and all this stuff. And I don't know if they've ever coached together. I, I don't I don't think they have off the top of my head. But I mean, that would just be a dream team scenario right there. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, talk about turning around a coaching staff in one offseason. That would be a, a ridiculous uh, abundance of fortunes for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we haven't forgot there is a Super Bowl that's going to be played um, a week from this upcoming Sunday at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, before we get into our thoughts on cha- uh, conference championship weekend and uh, the new name for the Washington football team, uh, we'll finish off with that. Before we get to that, though, a quick word from masterworks uh what i'm about to say might shock you but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field he's a goat when it comes to investing too he invests in stocks crypto and even art now you can invest like the goat with masterworks masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like picasso monet or warhol Uh, that's interesting even great art price outpaced the s p 500 by 164 percent from 92 to 2001 in fact, early investors also received over 30% IRR 2020 and 2021 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access with their game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. See all important disclosures at masterworks.lo slash disclaimer. Um, that actually pained me to have to refer to Tom Brady that many times in a, a read, but <laughs> it's, it's okay. He's, he's moved on to brighter pastures now. Thank, thank, uh, thank God. I've been waiting for this dude to retire for eight years and he finally did. Uh, although, uh, you know, something I was going to ask you this, how do you feel about the fact that this was brought to my attention on Twitter? Adam Schefter has ruined the retirement announcements of not just Tom Brady, but Andrew Luck, too. How do you feel about him rushing to get – now, granted, Jeff Darlington was the first one to put out the stuff with Tom Brady, and then Schefter co-signed it, and that kind of made it fact. And then the fact that he didn't back down from it after people realized that Brady hadn't officially announced anything, um, 
what what are your thoughts on that? Because I have a theory as to why Brady actually announced on Monday, or was it Tuesday? It was yesterday. He uh, announced Tuesday morning. I have a theory as to why he did it then, as opposed to when he wanted to. I'm not really sure as to why he did it at that exact time. Um, I, I was kind of shocked that he kept saying, I'm not even close to decision, not close to decision. And then all of a sudden, here's the decision. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Here, well, here. Well, okay. So here's my theory. Who's one of the, the people that are, that's kind of getting bounced around in this, uh, this Brian Flores story, New England Patriots head coach, Bill yeah, Belichick. And I think what happened is that Belichick gave Brady a heads up that like, look, if you're seriously thinking about retiring and you want to get an announcement out there, you probably need to do it ahead of this story. Cause this story is about to drop and it's got me in it. It's going to be a bad look for the entire league. If you decide to announce after this comes out, your announcement's going to get swallowed by what's about to happen. So I don't think it's a coincidence at all that all of a sudden, out of the blue, Tom Brady puts an Instagram post out on Tuesday morning, and then by Tuesday afternoon, this is out, uh, the Brian Flores story. And basically, he got his morning, he got all the stories get up and first take and all that stuff in the morning for Brady and announcement and all the adoration. I'm looking on TV now, all of that is gone. Literally, all of that is gone now. It's all Brian Flores and the NFL and everything going on with that. So I think he got tipped off that they were about to break that story, and he decided to go ahead and announce. Because I think he was waiting for the Super Bowl to end. I don't think he was trying to do this in between in this bye week. I think he, from his own words, I think he was trying to do it where it didn't take away from the Super Bowl or the NFL. I think he was going to basically do this Instagram post the day after the Super Bowl, Monday or Tuesday. And it got pushed up a week. I think he's always known all year he was retiring this year. Otherwise, this would have took a little bit longer. He probably went into the offseason. But the fact that he's made this announcement on February the 1st, I think that uh, that shows that he uh, he already knew what he was going to do. So we're going to end it right there. Uh, this is a kind of a, a quick a quick one here for this week. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to the Carolina Panthers Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.